Welcome back to the Comic Book Bullies with Nerd is the New Bully. I'm your host, Leroy, with my co-host. The Incredible Eli. <laughs> there we go. And like I said, we also have a special guest with us today, uh, another podcaster by the name of Jack Sutherland. Uh, Jack, tell everybody about yourself. Hello, this is Jack. Um, I actually do a uh, Marvel podcast as well as Aftershock. Have you heard of Aftershock Comics? Haven't heard of Aftershock Comics. Are they small, small, or? Yeah, it's a small independent independent publisher, but it's on the Nerdy Legion network. Um, we got about ten different hosts and just sort of network of of, uh, of podcasts. We cover a bunch of stuff, a bunch of different publishers. But I happen to be on the Marvel one, so I'm excited to talk a little bit of Ragnarok. I appreciate awesome. you guys for having me on. Oh, yeah. no problem, no problem. Like I said, I know you had a uh I know you voiced your opinion about Thor Ragnarok on, <laughs> on the forum that we're on. Yeah. And when I I heard your opinion, then I know I have an opinion about it. I haven't really heard Eli's opinion about it, so I kinda wanted to wait to everybody and I thought it'd be a, a pretty good interesting discussion when we get a chance to it. That way we kinda get like three different, you know, opinions on the movie. Yeah. So yeah, that's the main thing. So like I said, definitely check out Jack's uh Jack's podcast we have going on because I know he's gonna have some interesting about it because he just talked about Marvel on there. So mm-hmm. This podcast, everybody listening, we are just going to talk about nothing but Thor Ragnarok today. So I know you're used to our usual format where we're pretty much all over the place, but not going to happen there. So I know you're usually expecting me to, you know, give my review on the newest version of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur 13. Not going to happen. I know you're used to Eli giving his, you know, review on the Totally Awesome Hulk number 26. Not going to happen. We're going to talk nothing but Thor Ragnarok this time. So uh, so basically, we can go ahead and break into that. So before I get into that, uh, I wanted to take a look at the box office numbers. We are going to do that because that is kind of a, kind of exciting time to look at it right now. And, yeah, guys, guess what's number one this week? It's doing well. Yep. Thor Ragnarok. We're back at Thor Ragnarok, and the numbers we're looking at uh, domestically-wise is 121 million worldwide. I'll be honest with you guys. I I thought it was gonna do higher than that. Really? I thought it was gonna do I thought it was at least do minimum one thirty. Huh. Yeah, so I don't I don't know what I, I I just thought that. But like I said, uh we're gonna go for it, but I'm gonna break down the other Thor movie, like where it compared to the other Thor movies also. But yeah. number two, we have a Bad Mom's Christmas. We have number three, we have Jigsaw. We have number four, uh Tyler Perry's Boo to a uh, dear Halloween. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. And number five, we have Geostorm. Wow. So, 
those are the five top five we have. And I'll just run through the other ones right here. Number six, Happy Death Day. Number seven, Thank You for huh. Your Service. Uh, Blade Runner. Number eight, Only the Brave. Number nine, and number ten is Let There Be Light. Not sure what that is. Whatever. But that. Sounds like not a ton of competition. Not a ton of competition, and we kind of expected that. Uh, Bad Moms Christmas actually had like a pretty good show on. I know some people have saw it this weekend, thought it was pretty funny. Never seen the first one. I don't even know if it's the second or the third one. I don't know. It's, I guess they're pretty good movies, and they have their audience, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty good. But like I said, even though I thought – because I personally, I thought that Thor Ragnarok was going to be around like one – and I really thought it was going to be like 150, you know, something like that for the over uh-huh. the weekend. Minimum 130, but it turns out it was pretty good. So – uh yeah, it turns turns out pretty good. It was one twenty one, but let's compare it to the other Thor movies opening weekend. So where are those numbers right there? Now even though it did one twenty one this weekend, uh, Thor two, the Dark World, its opening weekend actually did eighty five million. So yeah, it's Thor Ragnarok pretty much ran away with that, and Thor sure. one. Uh, opening weekend did 65 million, which actually Thor 1 is actually one of their lowest opening weekends they've ever had. You know, that yeah. was phase one when they were still right. figuring this thing out. Yeah. yeah, I've heard that all the sequels are, are pretty much outperforming the the originals. Right, because I'm still trying to figure out how Iron Man 3 hit a billion dollars, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, But it, it kind of makes sense because this is the first movie after Avengers, so it had the hype and things like that. But yeah, it seems like, I mean, this is, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, I think it's like the number 17 uh, Marvel movie, and it seems like they're just making more money as it's going on and getting more and more consistent. Cause like I said, we saw how Spider-Man Homecoming came. That was like 800-some million. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was 800-some million, and this like it's going to be on the same pace for that also. Yeah. So, yeah, well, but like I said, before we talk about this, but what I want to do is actually, you know, get everybody's gauge on Thor, the character. Like I said, this is a comic book bully, comic book podcast, and like, did everybody grow up like Thor fans, Thor comic fans, anything like that? Um, I was not, as far as like uh, for the comics, I was not a Thor fan. Um, I just couldn't get into the old English, and he he just I always thought he looked kind of corny, and then the whole yeah, concept. Like the best part of it. <laughs> uh, uh, the whole concept of a guy you know in Brooklyn jumping in the closet and coming out as a North Norse god. I, you know, I just wasn't into it. Um, I got as a you know as I got older and I started listening to more metal. I'm a big metalhead fan. And, you know, I got I got started learning about Norse mythology. I got an appreciation for the, the you know the whole the the culture around Thor. But as far as I was never never a Thor comic book fan, no. So um, as far as the movies, sure. I mean, I haven't for the most part I haven't really minded the movies that I didn't like. I didn't like Dark World very much, but I thought the first one was pretty cool. Um, and of course, you know, we can get into the, this new one. In a little bit, but yeah, I was never a big Thor fan in the comics, anyways. Oh, but everything you're saying about it—that's actually what, what I liked about him in the, in the comic. But okay, uh, Jack, what, what, do you, what do you think about Thor, like comic yeah. book character? Yes. Yeah, so I got into comics in the '90s, and Thor was never really a character that I was super into. Um, I mean, and I, it, well, let me say, until Jason Aaron started writing Thor, I wasn't really into Thor. I love what Jason Aaron's done with him, though, and I've I've been reading pretty much everything he's done. And I've gone back and read some of the older stuff, but uh, initially I wasn't too into Thor. Okay, okay. Now, as far as uh, my, you know, 
uh, bring up with Thor. I actually loved Thor growing up. Thor was actually one of my favorite Marvel heroes growing up. Not like my, wow. my favorite favorite, but one of my favorite heroes growing up. Just because I just loved the, the fantasy aspect of him. He was kind of like Superman, but not like Superman. Because, you know, where, where when I was growing up like, look, watching, you know, reading Superman comics, he couldn't be hurt, you know, no matter what anything might get hurt. But Thor, when I was reading his comics, he was actually getting hurt, getting beat, getting knocked down. You know, he might fight the Juggernaut, and it would take, like, you know, two or three issues for him to fight the Juggernaut, you know, and finally beat him. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it was uh, he had some awesome fights in there. It's this fantasy situation where you don't know what's going to happen. He'll be out in space fighting a planet, teaming up with a horse <laughs> twin brother version of himself. Then the next issue, he's back on the ground in New York City fighting the Wrecking Crew. You like you don't know what's going to happen with his story. So right. I, that's why I like so much, because it was like it was whatever was up to the readers. I mean, the writer's imagination or artist's imagination. That's how the character was. And that's really like. Like every writer that had every writer and artist and creative team that had a successful run with Thor is basically the ones that had the the craziest imagination with them. You know, like you had Jack Kirby with all these crazy art imagery, uh, Walt Simonson the same way, which the movie actually took a lot of inspiration from him just as well. You know, mm-hmm. and anytime that happened, they just went all out with Thor. That was like the best Thor stories to me. But uh, yeah, I I liked him. Now, was he corny? Yes. Did he have a stupid, goofy-looking helmet? Yes, he did. <laughs> a funny-looking uh, hammer. They said, did he talk into Shakespearean things? Yes, he did. I thought it was corny. I used to talk like that. I don't care. Because <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was interesting just, just you know, looking at that in the Shakespearean talk, even though right. it yeah. really wasn't anything. He looked like, like he was about to sing opera. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing about it, because like when he was whooping his bad guy's ass, like he was telling the poetry, you know. Yeah. Kill the wabbit, <laughs> kill the wabbit. Yeah. Have it, you know. Come on, that was awesome, man. <laughs> but that's, I think that's the hard part about Thor's because, okay, when they were trans, and that's the thing. Like a lot of people are mad about these movies when they transfer over to, uh, from comics to movies if they think about that. Why don't they keep everything the exact same? Why do they? switch things over to the movie and i think sometimes they have to everything doesn't translate over yeah. like marvel like take marvel and dc events now dc is like really really fantastical really really out there marvel tries to ground their characters a little bit more that's why you do have success with let's say like spider-man x and you know iron mm-hmm. man captain america because they're more or less like science fiction you know yeah. grounded in reality where you can transfer those guys over to and plus they have like real life you know personas like peter parker and Tony Stark that you can relate to. Thor isn't like that. Thor is comic booky. He's the most comic character they have. So when they were trying to convert all these characters over to movies to make the Avengers, they knew Thor was going to make or break them. They knew that uh, it wasn't going to work unless they make Thor work. And I, I felt like with Thor 1, that movie had every chance to go wrong, wrong, had every chance to go bad. And the fact they even made a watchable movie out out of Thor translating all his crazy and wacky shit to an actual real movie that mm-hmm. didn't turn out like He-Man Master of the Universe. Yeah. I applaud him for that. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> thought that was going to completely flop. You know? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I was pretty much dismissed. I mean, this is, you got to remember, this is what, the the third Marvel movie, maybe? Or fourth? Right. I mean, I, I third, did not third, expect... Third one, and remember, we were just coming off Iron Man 2. We were like... Yeah, and I, and I, yeah which I totally hated. And right. I, you know, so I didn't expect much from this, from the first Thor movie. And, you know, and I, I, yeah, mm-hmm. like when I think of Thor, I think, yeah, what you're saying, fantasy and swords and dragons and shit. And it, it, they, they, they went, yeah, they went sci-fi. They weren't, he wasn't, they weren't Norse gods. They were aliens. 
And once right. once they I got that, I was like, okay, I, I'm I'm down with this. I can get along mm-hmm. with this. You know, so yeah. yeah. They tried they tried to sci-fi Thor up as much as yeah. possible. Yeah. I actually really liked Thor one. I think more than most people did. But the weird thing about that that time was that we didn't have we didn't have the Avengers yet. We had no like vision of what the MCU was, or at least I didn't. Yeah. So it was sort of like we had these trilogies just starting to happen, and Thor was sort of – I mean it was isolated. So I, I sort of viewed it like I did every other super, superhero movie up to that point was that this was just going to be an isolated uh, you know, series of movies about Thor. And on its own, I guess it didn't do as well, but at this point, I think, I think the movies at this point, they – benefit from the larger universe and sort of piggybacking off of other movies that pulled different characters in uh, where store one didn't really have that that luxury yeah i mean well around like 2011 we weren't we weren't there at the the movie you know superhero renaissance that we are now so 65 yeah. million opening weekend for a thor movie is actually kind of i, I think i think it actually exceeded marvel's expectations yeah. at the time yeah because we've seen bad marvel movies you know and, and like I said, I think I think it succeeded in that. Now we also have Thor: The Dark World, and like I said, we have this narrative where it's pretty much everybody considers it the worst Marvel movie now, especially <laughs> after this weekend, you know. But I'll tell you what, and I have an unpopular opinion. I love The Dark World. Well, I'm well, sorry, I loved everything about that movie, I, but at the same time, I understand why people didn't like that movie. I completely yeah. get it. But the reason I love that movie because it had a lot of things going for it. I thought it did. Like I said. It embraced the fantasy aspect because Thor one was trying to grind itself so much in reality. It was trying to get sure. itself from the Asgardian stuff. Right. I think Dark World flipped it. it was like, no, let's embrace the Asgardian fantasy part of it where it did delve more into it. I was like, okay, cool. That's awesome. Um, more Loki in that. Did it turn Loki into a good guy in the movie? Yeah, they did. But the fact that he was in there kind of flip flopping and really didn't know where he was going. Loki was still in, still in the show in that, in that, uh, in that movie. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think he stole the movie even from Thor, which I'm, I'm gonna get to that about in Thor Ragnarok also. Uh, Odin and Frigga, all of them was awesome. Just that uh, Natalie Portman was kind of like doing the reverse of the He-Man Master Universe movie storyline in there. You know, basically he was the fish out of water in her, his movie, she was the fish out of water in their in their movie. Uh, and it was like honestly, you think about it, it was combined like it was what I wanted. I thought uh, an awesome Thor movie should be this. It should be Superman plus Lord of the Rings. Plus Star Wars, all those things <laughs> in there, and when you put Loki in there, it basically became like a buddy cop movie. It basically became Forty Eight Hours in Space. So yeah, that's that's why I love the movie so much. But at the same time, I understand why people didn't like the movie, and I, in matter of fact, I'll get into a difference like what you know the difference between Thor two and Thor three also. But uh, what did you guys think about Dark World? You just let it rip because I, I know you about to shit on the movie also. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't totally hate it. I just thought it was pretty mediocre, especially coming out of. I think that was the first movie out of the Avengers. Well, it was it was Iron Man three and then Thor, but they were like Iron no, Man I, th- I thought like, I thought like Dark World came out during the winter because I remember Iron Man three came out like in May. Yeah, Thor yeah. came out in November. Yeah, so, <laughs> but yeah, I, I just thought it was pretty like pretty mediocre, like it. it you know, I mean, yeah, Loki's Loki is basically he steals the scene in both those those first movies. You know, uh, yeah. he he's the character to watch, and he it was his character that I got into mm-hmm. more so than Thor. I mean, though, I mean, back to the first Thor movie, 
I mean, that scene between him and Odin, where he questions his his, his lineage, that's that's go. That's one of my one of my favorite scenes in all the MCU. Yeah, you know? like the Shakespearean part yeah. where you actually, you know, where he's not really like a bad guy. You can see where he's coming yeah. from. Yeah, I mean, in that, in those what three minutes, you understood who Loki was. You understood who Odin was. Mm-hmm. You understood Thor. Thor wasn't even in the fucking scene, and you understood that Thor was a spoiled brat. You know, <laughs> and it just yeah. goes to show, yeah, when you have good writing, good directing, and good actors, you don't need, you know, three-hour epic. You know, adventures with you know multiple directors' cuts or this shared Call universe to tell a life story. You know what I mean? You just need that. You got the what you got what you needed to know out of those few minutes. And uh, yeah, that's why I, I do love the the first Thor movie. And seeing Dark World, I was like, eh, it was okay. But yeah, Loki still was the shining point of that movie. Like the scene. When Thor goes down, when they got Loki in the in the prison in the underworld, and yeah. after what's her face died, the mom died, and Thor's like, you know, all right, enough with the charades, and then mm-hmm. Loki takes away the facade. He's like, oh, he like he trashed the place, and he's, you know, he's actually mourning. I'm like, yeah, again, you see that side of Loki that's like where you actually give a shit about him. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I, I actually like when the the villain sort of takes over these movies. Like, I grew up on the Batman stuff, and it seems like in all the old Batman movies, the Joker always stole the movie. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, like, in the next Netflix Marvel stuff, when Kingpin showed up in Daredevil, he totally stole the show, for me at least. And that's – I love villains that are able to do that. Um, I don't know if that's, like, an indictment on Thor, though, or a testimony to – to uh, a Loki in this case, but I actually didn't hate Dark World as much as a lot of people did either at the time. Um, at this point, I would probably rank it towards the bottom of all the MCU movies, but I think that's more of like a testimony to how many great movies they've put out, you know, since then than it is sort of an indictment on Thor on the Dark World. Yeah, because I, a lot of people did think like after Iron Man three and Dark World, Marvel was kind of okay. Right. They can kind of Samey, samey. Then all of a sudden, Guardians of the Galaxy came out, and then they were back in the upswing again. You know. Yeah. yeah. So, it seemed like they so even when they had these rough patches, they'll always put out a movie to you know put them right back in, right back in the lead. So, uh, but yeah, like I said, those are the other two uh, Thor movies. We got a chance to talk about them now. We all got a chance to see uh, Thor Ragnarok. Now, like I said, since we've all seen the movie, and I think it's been out a few days, this is going to be a spoiler field podcast. It's going to be a spoiler field episode, so we're just going to go, we're just going to dive into it. But before we do that, we do want to give like some interesting, you know, just give our overall thoughts of the movie before we actually dig into it. So, fellas, overall, what did you just think about uh, Thor three, Thor Ragnarok? Well, I I I had a blast. You know, I was laughing my ass off. Um, had a good time. I loved. You know, I'm a big Hulk fan, so have you know, I always love it when there's when the Hulk's in the movie. Um, I thought that worked. Totally, that worked through the whole movie. I mean, I loved all that shit. And, you know, it did get a little, they get a little, they did get a little too carried away with some of the jokes and some of the comedy, but it didn't, it didn't go, it wasn't a parody. You know what I mean? It it didn't go too far like slapstick. It wasn't naked gun comedy, you know? It was, (laughs) but it was, comedy was a huge element. I think it was first and foremost a comedy. And I thought that worked. 
and it was I had, I had a lot of fun. It's one of it's one of my it is one of my favorite MCU movies now. Hmm. Okay, um, well, Jake, Jake, what you think about it? So let me preface this <laughs> by first saying that uh, like I'm a huge advocate of the MCU in general. Like I, I've I've I think I've enjoyed every movie except maybe Hulk. Um, but I think the cinematic universe is like it's totally unprecedented what they're doing. So I'm not a I just want to put out there that I'm not an MCU hater before I get into this because I well first of all I did not dislike Ragnarok. Um, I thought it was very entertaining and I thought it was amusing, amusing but I had two issues with it. Um, the first one being that while the jokes I found like entertaining. For some reason, man, they were just a little bit flat for me. They weren't – they were amusing but not like laugh-out-loud funny uh, like Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was, for example. And then the second point, which I think was a bigger – a much bigger deal for me, is that I, I guess, man, like a nonstop comedy just wasn't the Thor movie in my head that I, I wanted. Like some characters I feel like lend themselves to jokes like Spider-Man. It's not Peter Parker – without him like cracking jokes right. um but for me at least in my opinion thor is at his best when he's like deep and introspective and sort of like soul searching and this movie i just felt like it glossed over that in favor of making him sort of comical okay okay well I, and you know what the same thing you said about that i've seen that online also is about it uh about a lot of criticism about that matter of fact that's why you're here because <laughs> like i said i saw i saw that you had the same criticism a lot of people had i was like okay let's put him on the show to see you know get his point of view on it now yeah. as far as what i thought about thor ragnarok uh i loved it like i said i see both of you guys points on it uh i think it you know it is one of the higher mcu movies that easily the, the best thor movie like i said even though i know i said i love thor the dark world I see the difference between Thor The Dark World and Thor Ragnarok. It is a huge gap quality-wise between those two movies. Um, like I said, it's, it was – did it tell too many jokes? Yes, it did kind of undercut itself a couple times, but I think some heavier or weighty scenes that could have been more heavier or weighty were kind of undercut with jokes sometimes. Mm-hmm. And Eli, to your point, I think it did cross the line into parody and spoof a couple times. Like I think a few times it did kind of – you know, make fun of uh, some of the MCU movies. Well, I, I think it was definitely self-aware, and it had there was like a meta referencing a lot going on. But I thought I, I thought it was like that was the appeal. I felt like this movie was totally embracing what it was. I mean, this is a comic book movie. This is what we are. I mean, we're like almost ten years into this MCU thing. Yeah, it's the seventeenth movie, and it's like this is what we are. We're a comic book movie. And we don't you're either on board or you're not. And that's what I felt this movie did is like we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to have it colorful and we're going to just make fun of everything, make fun of ourselves because we've been doing this for so long. And I thought that worked, you know. And another thing uh, to your point, Jack, I know you say that you you th- you're expecting the Thor movie to be serious, the Thor movie to be, you know, take itself more seriously than basically, you know, a buddy comedy like we got. Here's what I think. I think they've done that before. They tried to do it before, and it didn't work. With they Thor. tried to make Thor seriously. They tried to make him Shakespearean, mm-hmm. stoic, and the and the audience just movie audience just wasn't responding to that. 
so I think that's why they took him in a completely different direction. They're like, we've done this for, you know, six or seven times before, not only in the Thor movies, but in the Avengers movie also, where you can kind of make an argument that out of the main four characters, Thor might be the least interesting character of the Avengers. You know? Sure. But is so, that a is that a crutch, though? Is that them saying, hey, we didn't do a good job on this the first time, so let's lean on sort of the formula that's working for us instead of telling a more in-depth story? Well, you could make an argument like this, like we've done it so many times this way that it didn't work. Let's try something different because doing the same thing again, obviously not going to work again. Yeah, because when you like Doctor Strange, like you said, it's Iron Man on acid. You know, yep. it's, they are Ant-Man. It's it's the same kind of, you know, the same origin stories we're, we're starting to see. Yeah. I mean, these movies are, you know, MCU is a factory. They got a formula. They're sticking to it. They're, they're pushing mm-hmm. these out like a conveyor belt. Pretty much, so, yeah. yeah. Thor. Hey. I mean, Ragnarok here is just like let's 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 let's. Not, I don't want to say retcon or reboot, but it was like a refreshing take. Let's let's throw everything away and let's reconstruct the character. And I think that's what they yeah. did. You know? it, it was basically their rebirth. Like it wasn't a retcon, like DC's rebirth. Yeah. That's basically what Thor Ragnarok was to me. It's like all the dead weight that didn't work in this movie, get rid of it. Natalie Portman, get rid of it. Yeah. Sure. Warriors Three, we'll get to that second. Get rid of it. You know. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. No shit. I should think about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess what I guess what I thought though was that I think it's more of I don't know if it's as much as they they can't do a serious movie as much as they just didn't do Thor well because like Winter Soldier was very deep and I think it was the most plot intense movie um, and it was very serious and it did really well. People love Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they can do that kind of movie. I just think they just did not do well on the first two Thor movies in general. I don't think it had anything to do with the the, the approach. I think it just wasn't a good movie. Well, I think Captain America, I mean, just the character itself sort of lends that seriousness and those political parallels to the character. And yeah. I think that works for those movies. You had Civil War and, and Winter Soldier, which asks – and even the first movie is First Avenger. Sure. you. It, he was like this patriotic boy scout, but it wasn't like full of cynicism. You know, it wasn't cheesy. It wasn't flag, you know, flag waving patriotism like it could have been. And you kind of just got that he was just a dude who just wanted to do right. And you had and yeah, Winter Soldier and Civil War, which had these big, strong political commentaries. And I think that works for that character. And for Thor, mm-hmm. he is this fantasy Norse god, you know, alien, and we've seen him, yeah, the seriousness of the first two movies, and they're like, you know what, let's just go all out, you know, because, yeah, it worked for Guardians, let's try and give, inject some of that element into into this new Thor. Plus, plus you gotta look at it like this also, it's not just that, but you gotta look at who's playing Thor, also you gotta look at Chris Hemsworth. The thing about Chris Hemsworth is that he is, and most, most people didn't even realize this, that he is kind of a comedic actor. Like, he actually has some comedic chops. Nobody even realized that. Even when Thor is all serious and stoic and things like that, every now and then in the first two movies in the event, a slip in it quick. And it's funny. Like, for instance, when he was uh, a regular guy on Earth in Thor, you know, another, I love this ring. Uh, give me a horse <laughs> to ride on. You know, that was like the funniest parts of the movie, even though the movie was taking itself like super seriously. But he was throwing those jokes in, and those were some of the most memorable points in the movie. So the thing is, you got this guy with comedic chops, 
and maybe you're not using it to your best ability trying to make them all stoic and you know, serious stuff like that. Like maybe have Thor lay back, maybe have Thor kind of braggadocious and you know, kind of like a like a dude bro, you know, like a you know, like the guy that sits around playing Call of Duty all day, you know, that type of guy. So I, <laughs> they took it yeah. in a different direction. Yeah. I think the way Chris Hemsworth played it, I think it worked because yes, Thor is it, it does kind of betray the character completely different than what we've ever seen before because I've never seen a jokey Thor before. But the way Chris Hemsworth played it, he played it this version more interesting than I've ever seen Thor in the other live action movies before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, I think that's a fair point because um, my my uh, what I wanted out of this movie was not based as much on the movies up to this point, but more based on the comics. Um, like I don't did did you read uh Thor disassembled? Uh, Thor no. disassembled. That's the one. That was kind of like Ragnarok, right? It was the mighty Thor. I think it was like around issue eighty of volume two, like eighty through eighty four. Michael Oming. Like the Dan Jurgens run and stuff. And... No, it was Michael Oming. Um, but I I think that was the I I'm not positive because the Thor comics they borrow a lot of elements and they reuse a lot of stuff, but. That story, it was a Ragnarok story. It had Hela and uh, um, what's his name, Surtur. The, uh, yeah, yeah, Surtur. It had him in it. Uh, Thor's hammer is shattered in it, and Thor loses his eyes in it and has to sort of regain his vision. That was the movie. That was the uh, st- comic book story that I kept thinking about when I watched this, um, because it had all those elements shared between that story and and the movie. And it's a very serious sort of ominous story um so a lot of my perception of my thinking was based on the comics not so much based on chris helmsworth or the or the thor character in the mcu up to this point i understand yeah i mean that's another that's another uh thing that i've heard people knock about the movie also like i said this movie is basically about the viking apocalypse you know yeah and they did turn into a screwball you know road trip comedies so I can see how people can kind of be upset about that. So, like I said, when you make a movie, you can't you can't make everybody happy. <laughs> you right. know, you, some people are gonna have issues. This people gonna have issues. Like I, I love the movie when I came out, but when I left the theater, I knew for a fact everything Jack you just said. I said I knew some <laughs> people are gonna have an issue with this. Sure. Like I said, this movie is gonna divide some people. Yeah. And the thing is, I, I to be uh, to be honest, I did not not enjoy the movie. It was I thought it was very entertaining and it was uh it, it was amusing i wasn't bored for example watching the movie at, by any means um i just had in my head as a, as a comic book fan i had that those comic book stories in my head and and it, it, it just it was different okay but but let, let's go back to chris because another thing like i said because i think one of the reasons they did change because but another thing because remember how we said the first two movies loki kept outshining thor now I did feel like in this third movie I felt like Thor was the center like the center of you know the center of the stage here center of attention For sure. and I think he was the main focus where Loki wasn't the main focus this time and and I think that's you know a testament to Chris Hemsworth because playing him like a more laid back more you know braggadocious Thor I think it did make him more relatable and because of making him more relatable, you're willing to, you know, follow his journey throughout this movie, even though it is like this really heavy movie. You follow his journey where every other time you see Thor on screen, you're really not following him. Or you, in the first movie, like when he's a fish out of water, you may be, you know, laughing at him. Where this one, he's in on the joke. You know, he's there. And yeah. even though you had a bunch of Marvel, you know, characters pop up, you had Doctor Strange pop up out of nowhere. 
Hulk, like the movie turned into a Hulk movie like halfway through the movie. Yeah, but at right. the same time, Thor was still the folks movie. And that's one thing I was scared of that, you know, basically they were secretly making a Hulk movie wrapped inside <laughs> of a Thor movie. So that's what I think. But they actually that's, made a Thor movie, you know. That's funny because um I was <laughs> I was I was hoping they'd like Planet Hulk, which is what like the gladiator scenes in, in in this movie, and the people like viewing Hulk as their champion. That was straight from Greg Pak's Planet Hulk, yeah. and that was like my favorite Hulk story ever. Um, but there were in that story there were no Asgardians on Sakaar, and and there was so much more story to tell. Like it, I, I sort of went in, and this might have like hurt my opinion of the movie as well, because I think I I, I would have rather had a Planet Hulk movie. Than Ragnarok, but that, that's true. Just, but that's I mean, just like me. I said, the same the same criticism you're making right now is the same people people made about BBS. Yeah. Like, okay, you took Death of Superman and Dark Knight Returns and mashed them into one story. Well, this they took Ragnarok and Planet Rock, I mean, uh, uh, Planet Hulk, <laughs> and mashed them into one story. So, yeah. like I said, that is a criticism of that because I, I if you really want to be critical about it, the middle part of the movie where it turns into Planet Hulk, it 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 could have been filler. Yeah, like you had to begin a movie, begin the movie where Hela came out of nowhere, fought them, knocked them away, and she took over Asgard. Okay, then the movie goes into a whole completely plot. You get a completely different villain, which is Jeff Goldblum, and not Jeff Goldblum playing somebody like Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then they go and do their own adventure, and then come back to the plot that they were dealing with at first at the end of the movie. So right. you can almost say like if you just cut the entire Planet Hulk movie out of it, you would have. You would have missed nothing. You would have had the entire plot, you know. Sure. But at the same time, the Planet Hulk stuff, or Planet Thor, whatever you want to call it, it was interesting because Jeff Goldblum was an interesting villain. You could almost say he might have been more interesting than Hela. Yeah. I mean, you know, just as a villain, even though he wasn't like villainous villainous, he was more like a like a sociopath, you know. Right. Uh, and that's what like, but he was. You could, I guess, people try to make a comparison with him and Willy Wonka, you know. <laughs> oh, there was a yeah, that whole scene. Where he's going through the tunnel. That was yeah, straight I think right they were playing the Willy Wonka Wonka. music. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and the funny thing about like, you know, uh like I'm I'm not saying that everything has to be exactly like the comics and like that, because the thing is Grandmaster is a character from the comics. Grandmaster has his own personality from the comics, but they decide to ignore all, all this shit and just say, Jeff Goldblum, just play Jeff Goldblum. Don't don't read a comic. Don't worry about this character. Don't even remember the character's name. Just yeah. play you. And he chewed up scenery every time he was on screen. I was loving it, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I, and it, this type of Marvel movie almost have to be kind of wacky like that because, like I said, I'm pretty sure they're gonna have it where he's the collector's brother, and the collector's brother was wacky and out there like that. So of course you gotta have Jeff Lubum wacky and out there like that also. And he was, you know, exactly what you expected to be like. If you give Jeff Goldblum a planet, this is what the planet would look like, you know. Right. Oh. Uh, and like I said, all the other kids, like, but that's the thing I love about the about the movie like I, like I said I understand that it wasn't as serious as it was like it was in the comic books but as acting performance everything like that everybody like was excellent in the role like uh like Jeff Goldblum was awesome Hella let's talk about Hella for a second oh. okay we got yeah. this problem well Marvel has this problem about the bad guys of the movie the bad guys suck and all stuff like this I think that's a myth <laughs> you know I think people just take that and run with it but overall what do we think about Hella oh man I I I don't know where Kate Blanchett's been hiding, <laughs> but I never wanted to have. Is it me? Sex. She got younger. I, I never wanted to have sex with Kate <laughs> Blanchett before this movie. <laughs> 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 uh, 
So yeah. I think uh, that's how you know you have a good villain if you want to have sex with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought she was awesome. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jack, what would you think about what uh, Hello? Yeah, see, I'm sort of in the party that thinks that they haven't done great on villains. Like, I, I'm used to, like, really hardcore villains with huge personalities that totally take over movies or shows. That's I, I want to see more of that in the MCU. I think they've had that in the Netflix side of things with uh, Kingpin and, and Purple Man. I thought they were awesome villains. I felt like the villains in, in, in on the movie side of stuff is, have been sort of a little bit lackluster. I thought she was... I thought she was awesome. Um, the only the only negative I had again was when they're fighting her and sort of making jokes while they fight her. It sort of made it sort of made light of what I thought could have been a more very like creepy, ominous character. You know what I mean? Right, I understand what you're saying because I mean, if you really think about it, Hilla might be the most powerful comic book villain today, movie villain for sure we've ever seen. Yeah. I can't think of anybody more powerful because she was insanely powerful and it seemed like she was getting more powerful as the movie went on. Yeah, oh yeah. And Thor didn't actually defeat her even when he like, put he everything could. he had that's into crazy it. crazy thing about it, right. Yeah, they could. Yeah. That, that's why they had to do what they did. Spoilers. Right. That would be insane because I always thought it was setting up that, okay, he's going to find his inner power. Like, no, the power was in you the entire time. You know, I thought it was going to go that route and then he's going to go Super Saiyan and beat Hela, but it didn't go that right. You didn't go that yeah. way. So I kind of appreciate that. Now, as far as Hela, I think you know, as far like you expect villains to be over the top, hammy, chew scenery, things like that. And Marvel really hasn't had a lot of villains like that. I think Hilla did that. I think Kate Blanchett did that. She she knew she was in the comic book movie and she hammed it up as much as possible. And every time she was on screen, she chewed scenery. You know. Yeah. The only thing I think that you know took away from characters is she just wasn't on scene enough. You know, because yeah. the movie did turn into a completely different movie in the second act. So she kind of got kind of got sidelined. You know. Yeah, I mean, but when they, she was they, on screen, she was menacing. She, even though they were making jokes, she was still, you know, menacing and dangerous. Screen, and yeah, she's hot. Like Eli, mm-hmm. I'm not into goth chicks, but that <laughs> makes me want to, you know, <laughs> curious about what that would be like. Yeah, now, just me neither. Me neither. I but, <laughs> but no, I think it almost makes me wish that they established Hella a lot earlier, like maybe in the second movie. You know yeah. what I mean? Because I. Barely was it? What's his name? Malekith or whatever. I barely remember the villain and you know. And, and, I, and that's why I said I understand why people hated the Dark World because yeah, that was know. pretty much the lamest villain Marvel yeah. has ever had. Yeah, especially <laughs> people if barely she, remember his name. Yeah, especially if she had this strong backstory of her being, you know, the daughter of Odin and Thor's sister and all that. You know, it, she could have really benefited from a more, you know, being established earlier on. You know, because we had we seen Loki. In every movie, you know, and if she was a part of the family, it would have been cool to see her, some of her, you know, before. Because, yeah, I mean, she was awesome. I, I wish, yeah, I would like to have seen more of her, you know. Yeah, and I'd like to, I'd hopefully, maybe she'd come back, but after that ending, I don't know. <laughs> if well, she yeah. comes back from that, I'm Oh, like, yeah, your, your theory that she's her. death, I mean, yeah, I wish that's, that's, I yeah, mean, I, wanted to, I wanted to ask you guys about that, because going into Infinity War, there was a... <laughs> The big question has been, is are they going to have a new character playing Death, or is it going to be Hela because the characters would be sort of redundant? But right. then at the end of this movie, it seemed like they sort of did away with her. So I was, I left that movie wondering, is she dead, or is she going to come back in Infinity War? Well, well if, I was Stan, I, if I was Thanos, I'd, I'd hit on <laughs> I mean, I'd kill her, you know, I'm just saying. 
You kill for her. I kill for her. Yeah, like I yeah. do right now. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, I'll destroy I mean, half the universe for her. Sure, exactly. And she's still friends on me, like Thanos. Right. I can't have the universe for you. Tear going down my eye and shit. Not even the Infinity Gauntlet can get you out of the friend zone. <laughs> but yeah, I think it would streamline things if they did do that. Like I said, you have Lady Death, you have Hell. And matter of fact, haven't I mean you've been keeping up with the the Thor run? Haven't they done it kind of where Hell and Thanos are a thing now? How so? In the comments, I think I read. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, like, yeah. Where I think they showed Thanos and Hell kicking. I like this is like recently, like maybe like a year or two ago. Oh man! So they may or may not be trying to streamline this thing, you know, where you have Lady Death and Hell, and it would just make sense, you know, if you think Thanos would kill for somebody, that's what he would kill for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, I, I see that. I, it makes sense now. Mm-hmm. And so, but hopefully they do that. But if they bring her back after that, if they did all that to get rid of her, I'm like, wow, there's nothing you can do with her. Just, just give her the universe, you know. Yeah. Well, and in in the original, like in the Infinity Gauntlet, Death was a very different character than what we actually saw in Ragnarok. This was Thor's sister, an Asgardian that's just super powerful. Yeah. Um, but death is like, is actually the persona of death. And it's not, she's almost not even really a villain. She's just sort of almost like the Grim Reaper. Like she's, she's actually gonna, like a, like a concept, you know? Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's just Thanos sees and Thanos sees her. She looks like, you know, Halle Berry, Rihanna, something like that. But, <laughs> We see like the worst thing ever, you know, yeah. because he worships death. He sees her as beautiful. You know? Well, he's the mad right. type. Plus, he's insane. He's the mad type. You know? Right. It's probably just him seeing, yeah, Halle Berry or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, that's that's Thanos. So I, maybe she'll show up again. I, I hope she does show up again. She's a villain that does need to pop up again because, like I said, she was awesome. She's dangerous, and it would it would make sense, you know. But yeah, trying to think what other characters we had in there. Okay, what do we think about the Hulk? Oh, I I love. I, like I said, I'm a huge Hulk fan, and I I thought they nailed it. This this is what I'm talking about. Why this movie is one of my favorites of the MCU now? Because watching this movie made me feel like I was a kid reading the Hulk comics. Cause the Hulk was one of the first comic series I started collecting as a kid, and as far as like I, what I was saying before is like this movie embraced that whole comic book, the whole comic book element of, of this, of, of the, of the, and it just nailed it. I mean, he was talking, he was, you know, just like he was in those comics, you know, hopping all over the place, big monster, you know, all that <laughs> right. shit he was doing, like he did in the comics that I, that I read as a kid, he was doing it in this movie and it totally worked. Like there was a point. Yeah. And as funny as this movie was, and his slapstick and goofy and the j- how many jokes per minute was going, I there was a part that made me emotional. That, okay. This, the I heard you on the super fun time extravaganza. Okay, yeah, right? yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, <laughs> since this is a spoiler podcast, what scene was it? Because I think I know what scene you're talking about. It was the scene in the Quinjet when Black yep. Widow came scene, up. Scene in Quinjet, yep. And he started like, no, you know, not wanting to turn back in the band. You know, yep. how that scene, it's like, that was the duality of that character, of him. Because here he was on Sakaar, where all his faults became virtues. You know what I mean? <laughs> he, yeah. he could hulk out. His anger wasn't a problem. He was celebrated as a hero and all that shit. And he didn't want to go back to that. But there was that side of him, the love and the, the, the compassion of Banner, 
that he's trying to bury. And there was that struggle. And that's the, the essence of the Hulk character all brought into that one little moment. And I like got, I got, yeah, I got a little misty. I watched that part. I was like, <laughs> that's why I connected with this character as a kid, you know? So I, I thought the same. I didn't say I get misty or anything like that, but I, I did think that was a very powerful scene that they just stuck yeah. in there because like when he saw like he didn't want to turn back to Bandit because it did feel like he was running away from his problems. He was running. Yeah. He didn't want to deal with that emotional side of it. So when he saw Black Widow, he couldn't fight anymore. That's two years that he'd been fighting. And when yeah. he saw her, he, you know, he kept punching himself in the face like, no, don't turn back. You know, make yourself angry. Yeah. But he couldn't do it. Couldn't hold him back for so long. Yeah, because he had there was a side of him that he was trying. Yeah, that he was trying to hide. Now, here's what it. Why does everybody hate the Black Widow whole thing? I don't. I don't. I thought it was an interesting concept. Yeah, yeah, I did not hate it. I was like, yeah, she totally made me forget about fucking Betty Ross. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting. somewhere or whatever, you know. Yeah, I'm still waiting for the parody porn to come. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure it's out. <laughs> if you look hard enough. I keep seeing this thing online, especially in the Facebook groups, about like the Edward Norton Hulk versus the Mark Ruffalo Hulk. And it seems like a lot of Marvel fans are very divided on which one is the real, which one is the better Hulk and which one is more like the comics. I did not like the first Hulk movie. Yeah. Um, I, I also think it's the worst Marvel movie. I did too. The Incredible Hulk, the Edward Norton one? Incredible Hulk, yeah. Yeah, I, think I, yeah I, it's, between Dark World and that, I don't know which one is worse. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're I mean, definitely down. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and it's, I'm a Hulk it's, fan. It's a, little, it's a little bit weird for me to say that because I, I sort of feel like the Hulk at this point has been sort of reduced to a sidekick. Like, let's just bring him on for comedic relief. Uh, instead of being this, like, a ten, intense, powerful character that he is. But at the same time, I don't know. For some reason in the movies, it just it feels like it works so much better to have him playing that role than it did in that first Hulk movie that, I, that I'm fine that's, with it. That's the whole thing that I was saying about Thor, like when it yeah, translates these characters to the movie, where right. Hulk can be really comic booky also. also. Like, he'll just go into space for no reason. Sometimes he talks like a five-year-old. Sometimes he has Banner's brain. Sometimes he's different colors. Sometimes he's a mobster, you know. And for the, mar- the modern movie audience, maybe that's a little bit too out there for those that know, only know him as Bill Bixby, you know, and Lou Ferrigno. Yeah, you know, right. You kind of got to ease that stuff in there. A whole movie like that, and especially since in 2008, they couldn't make a movie like that anyway because they didn't have the budget, you know, just do a, a CGI Hulk just all the time. Matter of fact, I think even the Avengers movie, they cut some of Hulk scenes because the, it started getting too expensive for the CGI, you know. Yeah. But now Disney has money to God. They can do whatever they want to do now. You My my only problem with Hulk and Ragnarok again was just I I just I was sitting there like man I want to see more Planet Hulk I wanted to see like the Red King I yeah. wanted to see uh, Hulk sort of evolve into that sort of savior character that saves Sakar I was ready for that 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 story yeah. and the way they did it I was like I'm never going to see that in the MCU well they say this we, is like the this is supposed to be the first in a trilogy of Hulk related movies. So, but can they go back and, and fill in those? I mean, I guess they could do the the part before Thor gets there. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we still don't know how he got there. Well, he, he came on the Quinjet. I think he came on the Quinjet at, at the end of uh, 
Avengers 2, right? Exactly, but how did the Quinjet fly that far out of space? Last I figured yeah, they could go like weird. Yeah, we don't know. We, we don't know. I think it's more to that. Here's what I think. Here's what I think. And I may be completely off base on this. What if Doctor Strange sent him away? That could be, yeah, because he like, isn't he the part of the Illuminati? Didn't he do that in Planet Hulk? They did it in Planet Hulk. Like yeah. it was a part of Illuminati stuff like that. But and I, we know the Avengers went cinema. I don't think Tony is that much of an asshole in the movies, like he is in the comics anyway. <laughs> but I could see Doctor Strange like, okay, this guy's powerful. Get the fuck, get him, get rid of him. You know, I can see that. Uh, I might be totally making this up in my head, but it. Uh, at some point in, at the end of Avengers, wasn't Bruce Banner or the Hulk like flying himself? No, it was on autopilot. But it wasn't on his own will, like uh-uh. trying to. No, no, no. The, the, okay. It was on autopilot. That's what okay. Black Widow was telling him: take it off autopilot. Gotcha. And so that's what I'm saying. And then that's what happened. They said at the end of Age of Ultron. Like they, matter of fact, I thought they said they even found the Quinjet. Hmm. They just didn't find him. That's what I thought they said. Interesting. So I don't know. Maybe it's a retcon. Maybe I misread the movie. I don't know. It's whatever. But yeah. That, but here's the thing about this. I, I'm, I'm with you, Eli. They, they, they not only fleshed out the Hulk. They fleshed out Bruce Banner also. They made them feel like two different characters. You know, even though Mark Ruffalo is playing both characters. You know, yeah. He played him like a five year old, and it was exactly how I remember in the comics. That's the thing I was freaking out about. It took a while for my brain to register. Like, oh shit, Hulk is talking in the movie. I'm yeah. so used to it in the comic books. I'm not used to seeing it in the movie where these fans that only know the movies, they've never seen that before. Like Hulk smash, Hulk talk, Hulk sir, you know, stuff <laughs> like that. But they're seeing that. And yeah. then I, and, and I was scared that when they went away from the Hulk and went to Bruce Banner, I thought he was bored again because I always thought Bruce Banner's a boring ass character, you know. <laughs> yeah. But in this one, they made Bruce Banner work. So he was just as effective as Hulk was, you know. They, that's when the movie really became like a buddy cop movie because it went on a road trip because Thor, because it's like Thor needed Hulk and Banner. He needed them both, but he didn't need them both at the same time. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. whenever he needed one, he needed the other. And that's what, that's the cool thing about it. He's like, no, I don't like you. I like the other guy. You know, he kept telling the other guy that stuff too. Uh, Oh, and then he got to see Hulk did. Scrolling <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. like, <laughs> and that's another thing I want to talk about. Speaking of Hulk did, uh, now Valkyrie. Let's talk yeah. about back. Like I said, Tessa Thompson. Speaking Hulk. of Hulk Dick, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was there something going on there? Oh, did Hulk smash? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I didn't even think about that until you just I'm, I'm, I was thinking about that the entire time. I don't know how anybody has to catch that. Like they, they're kind of friendly. I Hulk thought, can, yeah, I thought she was just making him a lot of money, or she he was making her a lot of money by kicking ass in the arena, and that's why True, she. But they were like really, <laughs> they were like really friendly with each other. That's that's the thing. Yeah, I, I, and like I, I said, Hulk can with, he can't do it with anybody else, but he can with an Asgardian. I, I suppose that 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 does make sense. So <laughs> you're saying he's two timing Black Widow with Valkyrie? But no, 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 no. <laughs> Banner is with Black Widow. Oh, Hulk is with Valkyrie. So if gotcha. <laughs> so if Black Widow gets pissed off, every, hey, that wasn't me. That was the other guy. Right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure guys have used that excuse before. Yeah, you know how crazy that other guy is. Exactly. Yeah. It's not what it looks like. <laughs> Right. Don't want to let let me let the monster out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so that that's my thing, man. And I think 
if it, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I think that's the <laughs> angle they were trying to go, but didn't go, you know, fully commit to it. But I think it did feel like a a three way triangle between those guys, like Thor. Thor did seem like a groupie to Valkyrie. You know, he did seem like a groupie, like he was oh, every time you know she came around. But it like she didn't care about him because maybe because he was Thor, or maybe she was kind of focused on Hulk. You know, maybe it was. I don't know. <laughs> I was a little bit surprised she wasn't more like starstruck by Thor. Like this is the heir to the throne of the place, the planet where she's from, and it, she was sort of like, eh, so what? He's just yeah. another gladiator now. But I, I like that part. I like that they flipped it. Like he was starstruck on her. Yeah. You know? Well, she was right. drunk too. I mean, that, that was. <laughs> Was, she like was kind of doing the Jessica Jones thing, you know. Yeah, I thought that was fun. Like when she fir- they first introduced her, she like, you know, swigs the bottle and um, oh, then she falls and <laughs> staggers and falls <laughs> off the ramp and shit. Like, now here's the funny thing about it: it seemed like she like movie wise, she's taking the place of Lady Sif. Yeah, that, because, that, yeah, I forgot mm. all about it. Yeah, she wasn't even in this movie. Yeah, she wasn't even right. in this movie, and and she's got the blind spot with like that. She has you know TV co- uh, obligations. But you know what? Maybe it's a good thing because Hella was just a walking retcon. <laughs> you know, everywhere she went, nope, you got the movie. Nope, you got the movie. Nope, you got the yeah. movie. I'm like, damn, okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I mean, now that you say that, it almost seemed like, yeah, okay, we're going to, like, do away with all the past movie shit and just kill everybody and, like, start over, you know. Yeah, I mean, other than Loki and Heimdall, that's it. Everybody else is gone. Yeah. So, I'm I'm okay with that because in my opinion, uh Tessa Thompson is is a way better actress than uh what's the lady that played Lady Sif? Lady Sif. I, I can't <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Tessa Thompson was great. Yeah. yeah. But here's the thing. I like the Lady Sif character. She was just underused because they kept giving screen time to Natalie Portman who just didn't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean she was phoning and that's really where those movies suffer because Natalie Portman sure. did not give a shit in those movies. She had no chemistry with Thor whatsoever. Matter of fact, in the very last scene In the of first Dark movie World, you, didn't, you don't think there was chemistry there? The- <laughs> none. None whatsoever. Huh. You can tell she was just there to collect the check. You can tell when people have chemistry and when people don't give a shit. And she was the one that don't give a shit. Matter of fact, the last that- scene of Dark World, last scene of Dark World, that wasn't even her. There was Chris Hemsworth's wife standing in for her. Yeah. So, and I I love how they just wrote her out the movie. Also, like, sorry, she broke up with you. I broke up with her. Like that was it. That was the only line. Right. (laughs) Like they didn't have Hella come down and kill her or or, you know get revenge. Like like no, she's out. Fuck her. Yeah. I guess they had to. (laughs) They had no choice. I don't understand why Natalie Portman keep doing these sci-fi movies anyway. She didn't care. She didn't give a shit in Star Wars. Yeah. She doesn't even show up at any of the conventions or anything. Like, she doesn't care. So it's like, yeah. why do you even keep doing these movies? Just yeah. do something else if, if yeah. you're just going to collect a paycheck, you know? I don't know. Yeah. I'm kind of pissed off because I actually you know, like really like Lanny Portman, but you can tell yeah, she doesn't care about this shit. So. But, yeah, that's the thing. But, like I said, I like Lady Sif. She was just under you. She did have some cool action scenes. But Valkyrie was even more badass in this movie. And like I said, I like that Thor was star uh, Thor was starstruck in this. And I think they tried to make a nod between Valkyrie and Hulk because, like I said, they both were defenders, the real defenders, not the Netflix thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm, like yeah. both them within there, so they try to make a connection between those two. So I thought that was pretty cool. And it was like the you know the Revengers team, you know, <laughs> right. and 
All right, speaking of that, like the last part of the Revengers team, you want to say about that? Now, what do we think about Loki this time around? I thought he was fine. I mean, he was, again, like hamming it up. Like what you're saying is like how they sort of redid everything. Not retcon, but like rebooted the character. You know, it was almost like since he was stealing the movie from him in the first couple, the first two movies, it was almost like they kept making him a joke, like the butt of the joke, like when he threw him. Sure. Like when, <laughs> I, I felt that also. I thought they were trying to make uh, Loki butt of jokes. He like when, he, when they, they did the, the – when he threw – like that part when they're trying to steal the ship and we'll do that thing we did. What is it called where you, you act like you're uh, – Get help. Yeah. yeah, yeah get no, help. no, that's embarrassing. <laughs> he, just yeah. throw, he just throws Loki and shit out. And so it was like, yeah, it was like Thor was getting back at Loki for stealing the movie, being so cool <laughs> in the other movies or some shit. <laughs> well, let's be honest. What big brother hasn't thrown the little brother across the room? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I liked about that. So, yeah, like I said, Loki did kind of, you know, tone it down a little bit in this movie. He wasn't just all over the place, but he did feel like he was part of some old cast. But it wasn't just the Loki show like it was in Dark World. Mm-hmm. So I like that part about it. Uh like I said, right about, now let's talk about the ending. Let's talk about the ending because they actually say some stuff that we didn't realize that was happening in the trailer. Like I said, with the ending fight with Thor losing his eye, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. I didn't expect that coming. Uh, when he went Super Saiyan or whatever, I thought he was going to be able to beat Helen then like that. But here's one thing I did like. I did like it that they didn't play Surtur like a weak level one bad guy like you do in these other Marvel movies. You know, it seems like Marvel we have Marvel movies have this trope now where they have a level one bad guy like Backtrack the Leaper and Baron Strucker, you know, the guy. And they had Surtur the same way, which was a, a awesome opening scene. I, I love this scene where yeah. Thor was just in hell, you know, fighting these hell monsters and stuff like that. That was a great opening to the scene. But not only did that, they actually brought Surtur back where he, you know, was this huge mountain monster sure. we just destroyed. Because that's what Surtur is. You can't right. fight Surtur. Yeah, Hulk tried. And I like how he did the fake out in the scene where you made made it think like Hulk was going to fight him in the trailer, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he just slaps him away. You know, like, uh, no, Hulk, you moron! For once in your life, don't smash. Bird monster. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So that's what I was loving about that. So, but but big monster. So and and in fact, that's the thing I like about it. Like Surta just destroy Asgard, and it's like that. But as I said, Jack, that's. Uh, that's why I understand your issue right there, because that's the main problem I had with the issue right there. Okay, Thor has been around for thousands of years. This has been his home. This has been the home of his ancestors like that, and this got destroyed in blink of an eye just like that, and then they undercut cut it with a joke. Yeah. Right. That's You're talking about where Korg sort of mocks it. Yeah. yeah. Asgard, yeah. Like, Radford is destroyed, and he's talking about the, fan de- the foundation can be rebuilt, and then it's like it's destroyed. He's like, well, maybe it can't re- be rebuilt. <laughs> Which I laughed at it. I, I don't know why I laughed at it scene anyway. You know? Yeah, I, I think I would have per, preferred them to sort of like play on the people's emotions and let that be a, like a sad moment because then like an entire race just completely lost their home. Exactly. And, and I get the theme they were trying to say that, you know, uh, Asgard is not the place of the people. But at the same time, you can still feel some kind of sadness about your home getting destroyed. Oh, you know, yeah. some uh, somebody looking at their house burning down to the ground, they're going to be like, oh, well. You know, sure. they're going to be upset about it. They're going to be traumatized from it. Right. Oh, yeah. And that might be the only social commentary I got from the movie was the whole refugee thing. But other I than that, I got some other yeah. social commentaries also. 
Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. That, but, uh, that, that was one, because let's, yeah. let's think about the main song, the immigrant song, right? Oh, yeah. I think yeah. that played into it. I think that was part of the whole theme. So the, the movie, and that's the thing that yeah. was weird about it. Like, the movie was telling you what it was the entire time. Like, I didn't think they were going to blow up Asgard, even though the name in the movie yeah, is it's, Ragnarok. It's Ragnarok. That's, Ragnarok. What it, yeah. that's what it happened. Yeah. The immigrant song, that's what it is, you know. For so sure. I was expecting that, you know. Do you remember in, uh, so uh, I remember a lot of people criticized Guardians of the Galaxy 2 because. It, they said it was just all jokes and there was no plot and no seriousness. But I sort of felt like right towards the end, that scene where Yondo, Yondu was uh, right before he died and he was talking about how Ego may, be, may have been Star-Lord's father but wasn't his daddy. And it was a very serious moment, sort of made you tear up a little bit. I, yeah. It, it felt I, like I, they knew when to lay off the jokes and get serious. Yeah. And I felt like that Asgardian scene when Asgard was being destroyed, like that should have been a similar moment where let's let, let's figure out a way to, you know, bring a tear to people's eye at this point, not just gloss over it with a, a joke. Right. And yeah. that's why I think they just told one joke too many where it did cross the line, where everything else in the movie was leading up to it. But, yeah, that part. Yeah. And it, it was just that it was a bunch of times where it just seemed like it was, like the Warriors three just getting taken out like in two seconds. Like, come <laughs> on, man. They, they've been around for a while. They, they deserve better than that. You know? Yeah. Uh, Odin dying. It was like, oh, well, he's dead. Let's move on. Like, that's just fucking dead, man. Yeah. Uh, like he felt more, he felt sad about his hammer dying than his dad dying. Well, and also his eye. I felt like so. In they again, glossed over that. They was like, oh well, that's an eye. In Thor disassembled, he loses his he loses one eye, and then he loses the second. He has to like on his own lose his second eye in order to regain his vision. But it's like this deep, very deep, like him losing his vision. It's it's right after he loses his hammer, and Thor is like at the bottom he's like depressed to the point of of nothing because he's like i lost my hammer now i've lost my vision he's like i'm literally nothing and he has to really dig deep in order to sort of overcome what you know the trial they're facing and i was like where is that in this movie it's like they they he lost his eye and then it was like it was no big deal he's like, like let's oh just well i got crack, another one it's let's okay. crack some jokes about it right yeah yeah, I, I I agree with you on that. It's just like the, the, and that's I think the movie did move a little bit too fast for its own good because the, those emotional scenes they just kind of just glossed over, yeah. just moved on. Like like and that's the thing. Hope I mean not hope. Thor never felt despair once in this movie with all the stuff that was going on in this movie. He always felt upbeat. Always felt like he could always get there. Where he never felt like that. Like maybe I can't beat her. Like that never crossed his mind for a second. You know. Yeah. Even when he was getting his ass kicked. You know? <laughs> Yeah, so, but uh, Eli, back to your point on social commentary, and I did feel like there was no social commentary about the whole Hella thing, you know, because basically, if you really think about it, Hella actually had the right to the throne. Like yeah. she, she did all those things for Odin. Odin locked away. Odin, Odin passed away on his own. Like she didn't cause anything to kill Odin, and she is the oldest. So Asgard is rightfully hers. If you think about it, the whole movie, it's really Thor causing a coup. On his sister because it's really her thing but i think the whole comic commentary they were trying to make is the fact that odin had built asgard on a lie yeah. you know and then she revealed a lie of what what asgard really is you want to make a you know a deep comparison that what you can say about you almost say that about america like how we do like to cover up a lot of things and how we got to the point we are now but they like to you know sweep things under the rug another funny thing is was it me or when thor saw his face on the ground of that painting did it look like Jesus? 
I guess, I suppose. I, I don't I know. I don't, I didn't you know, think how, of that, you know how everybody, you ever seen the meme of Obi-Wan Kenobi on somebody's grandma's wall? <laughs> <laughs> and they show Obi-Wan and grandma was saying, like, Jesus loves you. <laughs> <laughs> that was the same thing I kind of thought there. So I thought they were kind of make a, you know, a commentary on that one on high society. Well, yeah, well, and Thor religion. is kind of like the, the the Viking Jesus, I guess. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think they were trying to make a, a, a commentary on that because, I mean, if you really think about it in all three of these movies, Odin is the bad guy. Well, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, that, that goes back to the first movie, you know, that this, I mean, back to that scene with him and Loki, you know, he, this was like, that's total, Greek tragedy, you know, the sins of the father. That's Edgar Allan yeah. Poe. That's fall about House of Usher, you know. It's just class, classic Gothic literature, you know. So, yeah, that's... And you yeah. can almost see Loki's point in that first movie because he was told all his life that if he competed with Thor, he might have a chance to be king. Yeah. But when all boiled down to it, he never had a chance to be king. He was never going to put a frost giant in the throne. Yeah, he never, yeah. But at the same time, he did all this stuff to show Odin that even though he really didn't give a shit about him, that I can lead or Asgard, even though he kind of fucked up, and realized he can't lead Asgard either, you know, because he's a he's a dumbass. Or even in Thor: The Dark World, like people say, Loki was a you know evil for you know trapping Odin, throwing him on Earth, and taking his place. Loki had to because the only and Loki uh, Odin said it to the very beginning of the movie. The only reason he didn't kill Loki there on the spot because of Frigga, because of his mom. Now that his mom is dead, there's no reason for Odin to keep Loki alive. And he might just kill him just out of spite. So look, like if I don't take him out, he's gonna take me out. Yeah. And so I can see that whole point there. So it, Loki went about it a different way, but at the same time, he was trying to save his own neck. But at the same time, he did it so much, fucking <laughs> over Thor so much. Thor kids kind of saw through him after a while. Like, okay, I'm not gonna fall for your stuff anymore because I know you're gonna, you know, you know, screw me over. So yeah. And so, but that being said, now we can talk about. The final ending credit. Did you guys stay between, stay after the credits? Yeah, of course. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about the credit scene for a second. Okay, so who was that at the end? Well, it was probably Thanos or somebody related to Thanos. The the ship, the large ship that stopped him. Yep. Have you seen the leaked Infinity War trailer? Did not. I did everything I could. I saw to yeah, avoid the really that. bad, oh, the really bad angle. Yeah. Do you, so do I spoil it for you then? Go for it. Every, everybody else that came on here spoils it, so you might as well too. <laughs> so the the very the way it starts is Thor is just sort of unconscious, floating through space, and he lands on the windshield of the Guardians of the Galaxy's spaceship. So in my head, I was thinking whoever's in that ship at the end of Ragnarok is who put him in that predicament. Whatever happens after that encounter. Thor gets is unconscious and floating through space after that. Mm. Yeah, so we have yeah. to. Oh, so basically, like so I said, and, and it's actually been confirmed by. Uh, am I saying it right? Taiki Wak, the director. Taika Waititi. Sorry, I can't remember his name. But it's been confirmed by the director that yes, it was Thanos, and I'm pretty sure that is Sanctuary Two. And the thing about Sanctuary Two in the comics, it is pretty much the most powerful warship to ever have existed in the Marvel Universe. Huh. Like, even when Thanos died, the ship stayed around, and they had a war just trying to collect that ship. 
You know, like the Avengers had to fight all people from getting to that ship because that ship can take out planets just like that. It was the Death Star before the Death Star. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, of course, that is Sanctuary 2. Thanos on there. But here's the thing. Space is huge, right? How did Thanos find them? Loki? That's the thing. Yeah, now, here's Loki, the thing. Loki was in a league with them in the first Avengers. Right. But here's the thing. Do you think that he's looking for Loki or did Loki call him? Yeah, that's. Or is he looking for an infinity stone? Because that's what I mean. Everybody said that one of the, the soul stone, which is the last remaining stone, was going to turn up in Ragnarok, which it, it didn't did. from what I could tell. Everybody so, kept saying he, that Heimdall had the soul stone, but that wouldn't right. make any sense because they kept saying that they could only have one stone on one planet. So if they already have the space stone, why would they have the soul stone in the same place? You know. So, or maybe they still have it. You know, <laughs> maybe Heimdall does have the soul stone in his eyes, and Thanos is just going to kill two birds with one stone. Yeah, maybe that's his motivation for attacking them. Yeah, that could be it. Because obviously, because we saw, we didn't see Loki, Loki grab the Tesseract. But he definitely turned around and looked at it. He saw it. So yeah. Obviously, go. yeah, he's going to take it. So it could be that situation where he did screw over Thor again. I'm going to take right. the Tesseract, and I'm going to call Thanos, and Thanos is going to find me, and then I'm going to give it to Thanos. You know? Or maybe Thanos just, you know, Thanos always said he was going to find Loki because everybody keeps missing the point that Loki was basically a henchman in part one. He wasn't the big bad. He was he was a henchman. So, yeah. Thanos did say, if you don't complete this mission, I will find you anywhere, no matter where you are. And yeah, probably he, he said something like, okay, I'll do it after Loki fell. Didn't, it was not the, the post-credit scene where he said, okay, I'll do it myself. Yeah, oh, he'll yeah, do it, yeah. yeah, he grabbed the Infinity Gauntlet and said he'd do it himself. So I guess he's going to go and find every stone himself. Like, he's going to find Vision, he's going to find Doctor Strange, you know, he's going to find all these guys yeah. and, you know, get the stones himself and – Maybe Heimdall still has a soul stone. He's going to just grab both of them. But the Tesseract definitely has to be on that on sure. that ship. So, yeah, I hopefully Thor didn't go through all the trouble. Just Thanos just kill every Asgardian anyway, because <laughs> that would that would suck. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, yeah. but if, if 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 I'm right and Thor, the result of that encounter is Thor just unconscious float through space. I, I don't think anybody else would stand much of a chance against Thanos. <laughs> that's the thing because like I said it's Thanos and if the Sanctuary 2 is as powerful as it is in the comics they stand up to it. It's like you guys seen uh, Star Trek Beyond Darkness right the second yeah. one yeah where they had the big revenge ship going after the base is going to be like that you know okay. yeah, so like you can't get away from it so yeah we'll, we'll have to see from that one like I said uh, Thor is still sitting up in Infinity because we only have we we have Black Panther, which is in February, and then we have Infinity War. I think in what April, May? Is it yeah, summer, May? I think May. Yeah, like May. So it's less than a year away when that movie is there. Matter of fact, they're saying the trailer will drop pretty soon. Also, they're saying the trailer might even drop during Justice League. Hmm. Try to steal the thunder. Uh, you know, Marvel loves doing it. Oh, you right. guys, you got to remember, you got so much stuff happening just like you got, you know, the Punisher <laughs> drops that same day. Yeah. So they're trying to do everything they can to undercut Justice League. So was, and that's the thing. I hate to, you know, put the pressure on Justice League, but I do feel like Justice League is under even more pressure oh, now. Sure. Because yeah. no matter they can't they can't make a better movie than Thor Ragnarok. They can't because the thing is, Marvel has done so much world building. They're actually building worlds now. They're fleshing out worlds. They're fleshing out Asgard. Fleshing out Sakaar. They're way you know, where Justice League is still trying to get their feet under the you know feet on the ground. Well, this is like Avengers one for them. 
Exactly. So so we can't expect Justice League to be at the level. We just all we can do is expect a good movie. But if people go in expecting well, it, I expect, I saw Ragnarok. This movie better be better. If you're going expecting that, I I think you're going to be disappointed. I think we do have to kind of lower our expectations for this movie. So I hope it's, I hope it's entirely different. I hope they don't try to mimic what the Mar- Marvel's doing because I if they do that, I think they're going to fail. Yeah, and and that's the thing about it because I think even though this time I think more people are more excited about Just League because it's the wild card. We don't know. Like I think everybody thought that Thor Ragnarok was going to be a good movie. You know, I, I don't think anybody doubted. Even though the other Thor movies were kind of rocky, I think everybody knew that this was going to be a really good. Yeah, movie. it had it Just had League, huge anticipation. Yeah, but this one we just don't know. We don't. All the pieces aren't there. We've hearing all kind of rumors about this and that and we don't we don't know what that movie is going to be so it's going to be a wild card maybe it'll be best movie and and the thing about 2017 i we've had some really good comic book movies this year like we've had some stellar movies this year we've had logan we've had one of them we've had guys got if you guys i know eli you've seen it jack you seen lego batman i haven't oh. go see lego batman <laughs> that movie's hilarious is it? it's hilarious it's one of the best deconstructions of batman you'll ever see okay <laughs> so that's why I'm, I'm hoping that with all these great comic movies that came out this year, I'm really yeah. hoping Justice League doesn't drop the ball. So, right, you know. Oh yeah, if, ju- if just if Justice League is decent, then I mean this might be the best year ever for uh, big two movies. Definitely, definitely. I mean, they definitely came with it. Even Fox, what if, if Fox, like I said, Fox had Logan. Uh, yeah. Sony finally got back on track for Spider Man. So yeah. yeah, this will be yeah, one of the best lot, ones. Lot of so, yeah, now, like, I want to leave off with this. Like I said, we got a chance to talk about Thor, and I, I know, Eli, you talked about it briefly. So what do we think Thor Ragnarok was trying to say? Like, was the movie trying to say anything? Did it have a point to it? Well, I think it's I think it's about the, you know, I, 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 like, with all of them, it's about the family dynamic, I think. You know, with, yeah. As far as, you know, the, you know, the two, like, Hulk... Uh, Loki and, and Thor is, you know, the brotherhood and then the relationship to their father. And um, you sort of see that kind of come full circle. And, and now that, that Hela is part of that, too. Now, you know, so, yeah, I, yeah, I think there's definitely like family dynamic going on. Yeah, definitely going on. And like you said, that was definitely about, the, you know, the there's a theme of immigration in there also. Yeah. You know, I definitely see that in there. I think there was a theme of religion also in there because, like I said, they are the guys. You you almost can't avoid that with with Thor at all. That yeah. question of religion is going to show up in there. Yeah. You know, so I think all that in there. I think the not even the brotherhood with Loki, but his brotherhood with you know with Hulk. You know. Yeah. Even though you know he grew up with Loki, you know he has this bond with Hulk and Bruce Banner. Also, this is strong because, like I said, they're all Avengers things like that, and you know he needed them and and. Even though, and that's what I want to ask y'all also: Is Bruce Banner dead? Oh, what? I, I... Is he cast in Infinity War? <laughs> well, I mean, not not Hulk. Hulk is in there. I mean, Bruce Banner. Oh, can oh. you turn back into the Hulk? I mean, exactly. Back. Remember, he oh, said right, he right, right. Turn back again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't know. We don't know. That's the thing because he definitely said that if he turns back again, that's it. He said uh, yeah. basically Hulk is driving the wheel and he's in the trunk of the car. Because what happened? And in, I think that happened in the comics. I think that yeah. happened a bunch of times in comics. Well, where, like in play, if we go back to Planet Hulk, yeah, didn't I mean wasn't like the Hulk 
He was Hulk for a long time. Yeah, he was Hulk, but then I think wasn't he? He also had the smarts of Bruce Banner, like he could tap into Bruce Banner's intelligence, so he wasn't totally stupid. Right, um, because basically Banner said, basically Banner and Hulk talked, and Banner told him, "Look, I can't survive here. If I turn back, I'm going to die anyway. So I'm just going to give you the keys to the car. Yeah. You can have my brain and and just have at it." And yeah. that was it. Like you didn't see and a like, Banner game. I don't think he turned back. Like because then after you know after. Planet Hulk, we had World War Hulk. Right. Where, and he um, still didn't turn back. Right. And he, well, he turned back at the end after. Uh, a century. Sad, yeah, him sad Superman, yeah. They sent, yeah. Sent him, <laughs> turned him, but like they both drained their, each other's powers. But they both yeah. turned back into humans, I believe. Yeah, because so, they just fought each other and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah so. So, and that'd be an interesting turn also because I, I think that's, I think that's the way they're going because we, we know it's only a matter of time before we get Smart Hulk. I think yeah. they're building up to that. Hmm. Yeah. So I think we're going to get Professor Hulk in Infinity War three. Hmm. So we'll 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 see we'll we'll see we go from there because I mean it would make it interesting if if Banner's just gone and Banner can't come back you know but we can't have stupid Hulk the whole time so <laughs> we'll we'll see we'll we'll see we we'll go from there. Uh, that being said, like I said, anything else we've got left to talk about on this movie or? No, I think we got it. I mean, I'm yeah. Okay. It's good stuff. Yeah, I, I don't think there's. I think we pretty much nitpick. Oh, last thing I want to talk about. I'm gonna just leave it alone after that. The soundtrack. <laughs> I think this is the first good Marvel movie soundtrack that didn't that wasn't riffed with '80s movies. You, you guys know who did the soundtrack? No, but you talking about like the that synthwave? Yeah. Stuff. Okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> it was the guy from Devo. Oh, huh. really? Okay. Yeah. yeah that's, that makes that's sense. That's why it sounded so '80s. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. Soundtrack on that. Yeah. So I don't I know his just, name. Don't have it in front of me right now. But I heard that I was like that makes sense because if you listen to it again, it definitely the whole and it made the movie have like a Flash Gordon type sure. vibe to it, Mad yeah. Max type vibe to it. You know? Yeah. That, that, I just finished Stranger Things two today, so that like eighties, that whole eighties genre is really hitting right now. Yeah. I think yeah. for a lot of people. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like in the eighties, we were more accepted of you know fantasy. Yeah. You know? We're, we're too jaded now, but back then, we, we loved it. We ate that shit up. So it made sense to kind of go for an 80s vibe to it because it made it more acceptable, things like that. So, yeah, I, I, I thought that was awesome. So, yeah, that's the last thing I wanted to say about that one. So, uh, yeah, like I said, I think we've talked everything we can about Thor Ragnarok more than we needed to. <laughs> and next week, we'll talk about some more crazy shit. We'll be all over the place again because we want to talk about Kevin Spacey and stuff like that. But we're not going to talk about that right now. Do we so. want to talk about Kevin <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Jack, tell, tell them your, your podcast one more time because I'll make sure everybody doesn't forget. Yeah, so it's it's the Ultimate Marvel Podcast, and it's on the Nerdy Legion Network. Awesome, awesome. And like I said, that's the Nerdy Legion Network. You also have Outright Geekery, who you listen to right now. We have like a army of podcasters also. Uh, okay. We have Eli's own Geek Savs. Uh, we have – shit, Eli, I'm forgetting the rest of them. <laughs> Geeks Ryan's of the Roundtable, This Geek that in one. Comics. Yeah, Get that Valiant. Yeah. That one? Okay. Yeah. Go listen to those. <laughs> Instruments of uh, Destruction. Yeah. That one too. Okay. So, like I said, we have an army podcast. All of them have their own different takes, and we're probably all going to talk about Thor Ragnarok. Also, and probably have a completely different, you know, discussion than what we had here. So, definitely listen to them also and get different takes on them. Yeah. Uh, but until then, this is Leroy. This is Eli. And say goodbye, Jack. Ciao. You're supposed to say say goodbye, Jack. But anyway. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and we will talk to you guys later.